Good morning. Today is Wednesday, July 29th, 2020. Yesterday, we started to talk about the prayer Tachanun, or Nefilas Apayim, the prayer where right after the Amidah, the Shemona Esrei, on weekdays, we place our head on our arm. And as I described yesterday, it's a prayer of great emotion and intensity. It is a prayer where we express that we rely on God alone when there is no help from any person. And this prayer is central to a fascinating and disturbing story in the Talmud, in the Gemara. So the entire story is very, very important on many levels and it deserves attentive study and it's beyond our scope today. Uh, hopefully another time we'll be able to look at the entire story. But what I want to share with you today is just a part of the larger narrative, the part that relates to this prayer. And it concerns Rabbi Eliezer ben Hirkanis. Rabbi Eliezer was one of the greatest of the Talmudic scholars. He is quoted hundreds and hundreds of times in the Mishnah and the Talmud, and there was a dispute in the Talmud. It's a rather technical topic, but Rabbi Eliezer was in the minority, and the majority disagreed with him, and the halacha, Jewish law, follows the majority. And that's where the story should have ended. But Rabbi Eliezer insisted that he was right, and he invoked God himself to intervene in this dispute, whereupon a voice from heaven rang out, Why are you disputing Rabbi Eliezer? The law is like him in all matters. I don't know if that's ever happened in human history where God himself has asserted that the law is like this person in all matters. And then the majority of scholars rejects that. Quoting the Pasuk, the verse, Lo he, the Torah is not in heaven. Once the Torah is given by God to mankind, it is up to human beings to decide how the halacha, what the law should be, based on rational reason and logic and proofs, and it's not open to um, divine intervention, which is a remarkable uh, uh, stand to take. And as a result of Rabbi Eliezer's refusal to accept the majority decision, because, of course, he has God on his side, so to speak, Rabbi Eliezer is excommunicated for refusing to follow the decision of the majority. And so we have a tragic situation where God himself asserts that Rabbi Eliezer is correct, but halacha, Jewish law, does not work like that. Now, before the Talmud began the entire narrative as a preamble or an introduction to the entire story, the Talmud starts with the following quote. Rebbe Eliezer said, 
from the day the Beis Hamikdash, the Holy Temple, was destroyed, the gates of heaven were closed to our prayers. But even though the gates of heaven were closed to our prayers, the gates of tears were not closed. In other words, Rabbi Eliezer asserts something that we've been discussing repeatedly, especially over the last few weeks, that when human distress is channeled into prayer, when, tr when prayer carries with it the emotion of a broken heart, that prayer has amazing power. And it creates a context, according to Rabbi Eliezer, where it is as if the historic event of the destruction of the temple, which creates distance between ourselves and God, which creates a barrier from our prayers being heard by God, that prayer that comes from distress is able to reverse, in a certain sense, that historic event and allow us to communicate with God through prayer, as if the Beis Hamikdash was not destroyed, as if there was no Tisha B'Av, as if we retain that intimacy where God is hearing with, with closeness and attention every word that we say. That's the preamble. Then comes the narrative of the dispute that I shared with you before, I only shared it briefly, but that dispute, and then the aftermath of that dispute, which is the way that Rabbi Eliezer was treated by everyone else. And Rabbi Eliezer feels that he was mistreated, and his distress leads him to pray. Now, the person who was the leader of the opposition against Rebbe Eliezer, the person who represented the majority, was the great scholar Rabban Gamliel, who was the head of the academy, the scholarly leader of the Jewish people at that time. The Talmud tells the story that Rabban Gamliel was on a ship at sea, and there was a wave that was about to drown Rabbi Gamliel. And Rabbi Gamliel said to himself, it appears to me that this wave that is threatening my life is coming for the sake of the honor of Rabbi Eliezer. In other words, there is this complexity where Rabbi Gamliel recognizes that what happened to Rabbi Eliezer was harsh. But then the Talmud continues, Rabbi Gamliel stood on his feet and he said, Master of the universe, it must be clear and obvious to you that I did not do this for my own dignity or for the dignity of my father's house, but rather for your dignity, God that there should be no more disputes in Israel. And the sea rested from its rage. Now, 
one more layer to this story. Rabbi Gabliel was the brother-in-law of Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer's wife was the sister of Rabbi Gabliel. So this is not only a scholarly dispute, it's also a family crisis. And here's where the Gemara continues, the story continues, and this is the part that I wanted to share with you. So the name of Rabbi Eliezer's wife is Ima Sholem. That's her name, Ima Sholem. And Ima Sholem is the sister of Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Eliezer, who has been excommunicated, is davening, praying at home, because part of excommunication is you're not allowed to participate in a minion. So he's praying at home. He's davening at home. So the Talmud tells the following. After this happened, Ima Shalom, Rabbi Eliezer's wife, Ima Shalom would not allow her husband to say the prayer of Tachanan, to put his head down on his arm, Nefilas Apayim, because of the power of that prayer. And because when a person's heart is broken and a person is in distress and they are praying a prayer about distress, that prayer can have consequences. And so she did not allow her husband to say that prayer. And every day when he was praying Shachris, when he would finish the Amidah, she would walk into the room to make sure that he omitted that prayer. But one day, she made a mistake on the calendar. She thought it was a day that Tachanan was omitted. Remember, I shared yesterday, there are many days like Rosh Chodesh and other special days, even Tisha B'Av, I said to you, where we omit that prayer. So she thought it was a day that the prayer was omitted but she made a mistake on the calendar and it was in fact a day that normally it was said. So she did not come into the room to remind her husband not to say the prayer. And because she did not do that, her husband said this prayer. Rabbi Eliezer put his head on his arm and he said the prayer of Tachanan. And immediately she remembered that she had made a mistake and she ran into the room where he was praying. She saw him with his head down on his arm and she yelled at him, Get up! You have killed my brother. Now, I just want to explain, it's not that, God forbid, he had prayed for his brother-in-law's death, God forbid, that he had prayed that Rabbi Gamliel would lose his life. That is not what it means. It means rather that he was pouring out his pain before God. And he was pouring out his pain within the context of this prayer of Tachanan, of Nephilus Apayim, which is a prayer to rely on God when no one else can help, when there is no other solution. And that's what this prayer is about. And that is what Rebbe Leezer was going through because he was in a situation of suffering and there was no one who could help him. 
and he prayed from the depths of his heart and God decided that it was the right thing that God should take the life of Rabban Gamliel. And as she was speaking to her husband, Eliezer, and he was praying this prayer, they heard the sound of a shofar blowing, which was an announcement from the house of Rabban Gamliel that he had died. So he said to his wife, Rabbi Eliezer said to his wife, how did you know that he has died? And she said to him, there is a tradition in my family going back from my father and my grandfather and even earlier. And the tradition says that even when the gates of prayer are closed, the gates of tears and prayer that comes from distress are open. And so she understood that if her husband Eliezer unburdened himself before God with this prayer, it would result in her brother's, Rabbi Gamliel's death. The end of the story is not very pretty. It's extremely difficult and complex. And it points out the heartache of this story. Can you imagine excommunicating your brother-in-law because he is an iconoclast? And because he is always right. Can you imagine what Shabbos dinner must have been like when the family got together? And can you imagine living in fear that your husband's prayer might kill your brother. Atar Hadari writes about this narrative and he writes as follows. When it comes to the question of how to decide questions of Jewish law, the rabbis rejected Rabbi Eliezer because Jewish law must be decided according to its principles, not external factors, even if those external factors are heavenly voices. But Rabbi Eliezer's ability to turn his pain to prayer, specifically as it relates to this prayer of Tachanun, of Nephilus Apayim, demonstrates to us that when a person is mistreated, when a person's heart is distressed, the gates of prayer are wide open. And if you speak unkindly to another person and cause them pain or distress, even if you are right, but if you cause pain to another, 
God gets upset with you. Even if you're right. Causing pain to another person, that's on a whole nother level. And you don't want to be in that position. You certainly do not want to see what happens if the person you are unkind to gets to pray a private plea of Tachana. That's the power of prayer in general. The power of prayer that comes from a broken heart in particular. And the power of Tachanan, of lowering our head on our arm. Making ourselves utterly dependent on God when no one else will help. My friends, have a good day, a beautiful day. It's a difficult time. Let's recognize the power that our prayers have for good. Let's express to God tonight and tomorrow our distress, our broken heart at the state of the Jewish world and plead with God to usher in a complete redemption and peace in the entire world. Have a wonderful day, a meaningful and easy fast, and I look forward to seeing you soon in person.